You're listening to The Web for Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Web4 Marketing Podcast. My name is Kevin Getch, and I'm the CEO and founder of Web4. And today I get to host this podcast. And I have an amazing guest on today, which is Drew Tumlinson. He is the Senior Advertising Specialist for, for Web4 and a good friend and just an awesome resource that's going to be sharing a lot of his knowledge today around social media. So want to say hi, Drew? Yeah. Hi, I'm Drew. I use he, him pronouns. I'm Senior Advertising Specialist here, which really just means that I'm doing the paid advertising and the social media advertising for our clients. And internally, I've just really always had a passion for marketing. And before I even knew that it was marketing, you know, when I was a kid in school even. So yeah, now I just, I love helping clients connect with their potential customers and their audience and building those relationships. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about social. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you know, we have a wide variance of different audience members, some who 100% know what social is and, and and everyone knows what social media is, but like just kind of share your, from a social media marketing standpoint, kind of share a little bit more about what that is for you so that it gives context to different audience members. Yeah. So social media marketing is really just how you portray yourself, whether that's you as a business, you as an individual you know, whatever that looks like. The, the marketing piece of it is you're always aiming to fulfill a goal of some sort. So maybe that is trying to build a following. Then every single post that you put up is going to be related back to building that following somehow. I don't necessarily mean every single post ends with, give me a follow. Like we don't have to be that cliche and, and kind of cheesy about it, but, um, Sometimes that works for people. You never know. So yeah, it's really, it's all about you as a business or as the business owner or just as an individual and really the image that you want to portray to the world and who you are, sharing who you are and the value that you provide to really the world, but especially your, your client specifically. I also, I kind of think of it as a mini website a little bit. Obviously, Facebook.com is a website, but I mean, your profile on Facebook or on Instagram or on TikTok, it's kind of a mini website focused on this one specific niche area of your business. So, you know, maybe your TikTok is highly focused on culture because that content performs really well there. So that's your culture showcase. And then maybe Facebook or LinkedIn is more business and that's your expertise showcase. And there can be some, you know, cross-platform promotion and things like that. But yeah, that's kind of broad overview of how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know, I think for a lot of business owners out there that attack, that are, that talk about social media, I mean, there's a lot of pain points for them. But I mean, one of the things is it's just like, well, there's so many different platforms. They don't necessarily know which ones to be on, what to do, what to say, like how they should be interacting with social media and really what the benefits are. And we'll get into monitoring and tracking it too, because it's definitely become more, it's become more measurable and that's, there's still challenges there, of course, but it's become more measurable than it used to be in the past. But let's, let's, kind of holistically start off with, well, what are some of the benefits you talked about 
marketing being having a goal. And I, I think that that's really important for businesses to understand is what is your objective here? Is it just, is it to get leads or is it to engage with your audience? Is it, you know, what, you know, so what are some of the different benefits of social media and goals that businesses might have around that? Yeah. So I think at the core, it is social media, right? So it's all about being social. And I think it's about building relationships. Ultimately, I think that is the overarching goal for every single business, every single person that's on social media in whatever form, whether that's professionally or personally. And so it's all about being authentic and showing who you really are as a business and how you help your customers. I think, you know, providing value is really the main goal, at least from my perspective, for any profile, you want to provide value to your followers. And then obviously, eventually those followers, you want to become customers and so on and so forth. So social is really a way to nurture those relationships, start those relationships. I, I feel like I'm saying relationships over and over and over again, but that really is what the main benefit is, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's not always going to be a one-to-one -one conversion where I have a goal on social media of gaining 10% more customers in Q4, for example. Yeah. Well, you might not be able to say Instagram led to that, but you can say Instagram played a part in that. And I think that's the other really important piece is looking at social media as a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle and it's not the only piece that's going to get that conversion, but it's definitely going to help. And I think having positive relationships with customers, potential customers, employees, other businesses in the area, you know, anything like that is super, super important and valuable for the business to be able to grow, continue building those relationships. And then oftentimes you get relationships from those relationships, you know, the whole friend yeah. of a friend type thing. Yeah. So it's a little bit like word of mouth digitally in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, it's, I, I remember, gosh, way back when, when we first were kind of starting it, I often said it's, it's digital networking, digital word of mouth. If you think about it that way, it, it, it provides a good context for how to approach it because it's not, you're not going in there and selling, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people come out the gate like, Oh, like I'm going to go on here and just start posting and promoting myself and selling and doing this. And it's like, it's, it's a little bit more like going to a cocktail party or going to a network, you know, place where you're networking and, and you want to, you know, you know, have good conversations with people and want to learn about them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I find it really interesting because a lot of our clients use social media in different ways. So it's not just, sometimes it's not just about generating leads. Sometimes it's actually, it's more actually for their internal customers. Some of the businesses are like, oh, this is actually for mainly for employees, but we also know our customers see this too. But a lot of it's for employees and the the internal customer is what we would you know often call that. And then some of it's like more of a after you know they become a customer. It's 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 more of that for it's like retention and customer service and just you know, customer engagement and things like that. And, you know, I, I have a, a cruise that I'm going to go on and like, there's groups now that you're like part of that, that cruise. And so you're interacting right. and you're, you're part of that community, which I think is, is really cool. So share a little bit more around how businesses can utilize different social platforms to build these relationships on their, in their social media strategy. 
Yeah. So I think that there's a ton of different social platforms, right? And so I think one of the biggest pain points for businesses and just people in general is where do I spend time? And so that's kind of step one, determine where it makes sense to spend your time and your energy and your effort and ultimately your dollars because you're paying someone, whether that's yourself or someone else to, to manage your social for you. And that is going to come from knowing and loving your customer and knowing where they're spending time. So if our target audience is Gen Z, I'm not going to waste time on Facebook because no, they're not on Facebook. And if they are, it's, you know, a, a profile sitting idle that's not active. They're on TikTok. So I need to come up with a good TikTok strategy. But on the other hand, if, you know, let's say a cruise is a perfect example. If it's your age group, you're probably on Facebook more or LinkedIn or, you know, some other areas. But okay, we need to have a really good Facebook strategy for that cruise line. So step one is is knowing your audience. And for anyone listening who has not listened to the marketing strategy podcast that you did with Trisha, I highly, highly recommend going and listening to that because that's going to really play a vital role in coming up with a social strategy as well. Really, you're, you kind of have to have a marketing strategy before you can have a social strategy. So it's a, a piece of the puzzle. That's something I'll yeah. keep referring to, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think Knowing your customer and where they are is step one to be able to decide where you need to spend your time. If your customer is super broad and you have customers that are on, some of them are on TikTok, some of them are on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever the next social media is going to be, decide which or determine which is your most valuable customer. Now, I know the, the answer is all of my customers are valuable to me of course, but what's going to give you the best data and the best return on your investment? So when I say the best data, that's going to, I just mean, who can you target that is going to help you understand your audience better and be able to succeed on that social platform? So maybe you run some Facebook ads and target a specific user group and determine, actually, that's who I thought my audience was but they're not interacting with these posts. Okay, time to switch it up and try something new. But at at the same time, if you're in that situation where you have customers that are on various platforms and you have the resources, I mean, time, skills, money, all those things to be in all of those places effectively, then absolutely be in all those places effectively. But nine times out of 10, most businesses are not at that point, at least when they come to us for help with their social. And so it's all about, you know, figuring out what's most beneficial for your business and your business objective. Um, So if that's conversions, let's talk about a paid social strategy, because that's going to be able to drive a very, very specific action and target a very specific user set. Whereas with organic, where you're just posting, you're casting this wide net out to literally the entire world and letting the algorithm decide who's going to see your stuff. And obviously there's some components in there that help determine who sees your, your posts and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's a, a much wider net and you have much less control. So I feel like I went way off topic there, but, you know. No, I, I think it, it's extremely valuable. And I think for marketers and small businesses, I think it's extremely helpful. I think, I think 
it's important to, you know, claim all the different profiles and have something there, but I don't necessarily think it's super efficient and effective to be trying to go after all the profiles and, and spending all this time when 80% of your audience is over here, right? You really want to focus on that, that, that 80% of your audience, as opposed to saying here. Now there's sometimes where you can say, okay, well, you know, people aren't going after this audience here and there's a small segment and we can go after them. There's always those kind of strategies and things. But I think in general, when you come at it from a strategic standpoint, you use, you know, the deep understanding you've got from your customer, their, you know, their, their customer journey, what platforms that they're visiting on, all those kind of different things. Then it's, it's just really about kind of aligning that strategy with their behaviors, right. And your goals and finding the, finding the, the kind of crossover in that Venn diagram of your business objectives and the customer's needs and behaviors and, and where you can kind of align with them on that so that you're giving them the right messages at the right places and times. And I think, yeah. I think for me personally, I, there was a lot of things I used to struggle with around social media. And I think a lot of businesses have the same kind of thing. Some are like, Oh yeah, like I have no problem posting and kind of like it, it feels like you're bragging, you know, or like, look at me kind of thing. And I think a lot of people, you know, are like, I'm not that look at me type person. And then there's the ones who are, and a lot of times they do well on social. Right. But there's a lot of us who are not like that. Right. That are just more like, okay, well, I have something of value and I want to share it, but I don't want to be that look at me kind of person. And that was actually a roadblock for me for a long time because I was like, like, I'm just not, that's just not me. Like, I'm not that, oh, like, hey, look at me kind of thing. But over time, I was also like, well, I want to make sure I'm providing value through that, that I'm connecting through that and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of got over my, I guess, hiccup or hold up with that thing. So, you know, I think part of it too, is sometimes we, you know, we do a lot of positive things for our team and for the community and, and socially trying to be positively to impact things positively, working with different nonprofits and and different groups and all that kind of stuff. And I used to not even want to post those because it was like, oh, you know, like I, it's, we're not doing this to be like, oh, let's, let's promote it. But over time it was kind of like, I I finally was like, you know, part of it is just be more of what you want to see in the world. And if you can kind of show that and set that example and other businesses are like, okay, Hey, look, you know, web fours, you know, volunteering and they pay their team to volunteer two days a year and they're out supporting this charity and they're doing those kind of things. It, It is helpful for our business as a, as a, kind of brand identity, how people see us, but it's also helpful for other businesses to see that and go, oh, hey, we could do this positive thing. And then, you know, it kind of like that. So do you think uh, some of our clients do some of the social themselves and some of them, we do the posting and, and in some cases we're helping the strategy and even create the content and then they're posting. So what kind of roadblocks do you see some of the clients running into? I know sometimes they're more technical roadblocks and sometimes they're more like what I was talking about, which was more of like a mental roadblock, but. Yeah, I think that mental roadblock is really, really common and it is tough to get over. It's something that I've struggled with myself and like I do social for my job. So you would think that (laughs) 
it would come very easily to me. And it, it doesn't because we're all humans. And on the one hand, we don't want to be braggy and, you know, all those things that you mentioned. But on the other hand, the opposite of being braggy is being vulnerable. And that's scary. And that's hard, especially online where people put on this digital mask and say whatever they want to say and, you know, forget that there's humans behind the profile. So I think that is a big roadblock. And that's something that, unfortunately, people just kind of have to figure out on their own. Um, As far as, you know, working through that, obviously, I can't just like, boom, it's fixed for you. But at the same time, I think, you know, finding comfort in the fact that you're not the only one feeling that way is super beneficial. Beyond that, I think time is always a barrier because people, I I mean, social takes a lot of time to do all the planning, all of the, you know, executing all of the graphics, the videos, the captions, the hashtag strategy, there's so much that goes into it. And so it is time consuming if you want to do it really effectively So there's that time barrier because, you know, oftentimes we work with some small businesses where the owner is trying to do it all. They're the marketing person, they're running the business, their sales, their everything. They can't add social to their plate effectively. So time is usually a big barrier. And, you know, you alluded to, we have some kind of custom options for different clients. We have one client that we, we just manage everything start to finish. We put together a social strategy in the beginning, and then we've been executing on that strategy. So we develop all of the social posts internally, the graphic. They do have a third party that provides some video content for us, things like that. But for the most part, we're just kind of running everything, reporting on it monthly. And then, you know, we actually just sent them a updated plan because it's been a little over a year. And so the strategy needs to change and evolve. So we're, we're really managing that, that whole process. On the other hand, we have another client who just needed support for creating graphics every month. So we get, you know, 20 graphics for them and supply that to them and they go and post it where they need to. So I think identifying your own roadblocks, you know, the client that we're doing graphics for they not only didn't have the time, but they didn't have the skill set and they didn't have a graphic designer on staff. So they needed someone to do that for them. So understanding what is stopping you and then coming to an agency, obviously I'm biased, but I would say come to Web4 and you know, just talk to us about where you're at and then we can come up with a plan for how to succeed that might look different this month versus next month or a year from now or you know, whatever things change and maybe you're able to dedicate more time to social or, or less time or, you know, whatever it is. And then I think the other thing is people tend to think that social is becoming a pay to play space. And to some extent, it absolutely is. Don't get me wrong. But I still think that organic social is a huge benefit and has so much potential. That said, if you want to really like kickstart things, yeah, run a paid strategy to kind of build up your following, build that engagement. And then you're probably going to want to keep a ad running just to kind of maintain that level while also having a solid organic strategy. You know, perfect example of that is the client that we handle everything social, social wise for. We ran paid ads for them on social. And during that time, they had almost four times as many leads come from social. And then they decided, hey, we want to turn ads off. We, you know, we don't want to 
do that investment anymore. So they've been off and I mean, the numbers don't lie. Like it's it had a huge impact. So I think that paid is really, really valuable as well. And while social seems to be becoming more of a pay to play space, that organic side is not ever gonna go away. It's never gonna be just pay to play. Yeah. And for a lot of businesses, it's actually a very low cost. I mean, start with a $20 boosted post and see what happens. Yeah. Like you don't have to spend thousands of dollars a month. So yeah. 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 I think there's so many different ways to do that. Now I want to actually, I want to dive into paid a little bit more, but before I do, when you were talking about the time roadblock, I think that that's such a huge thing. And I think a number of experiences have made me feel very confident in this, that most people, especially the ones who aren't doing the work, this is me, I'm, I'm raising my hand, have often, and I, I do this often, underestimate the amount of time it takes to do the work to get done. And it's, it's, it's insane. Like to me, it's, there's a, like we, we do a lot and we've, we're super efficient. Like we've always learned how to be more efficient and get things done faster, but it's still something that takes a fair amount of time. And what often happens is people like some of our clients are like, Oh, well we have a receptionist common thing. We have a receptionist that, you know, you know, they do social media and, and, you know, we'd love to just have them post. And it's like, and, and that can work. And we often train and help cultivate some internal team members to do that. But they often don't realize how much time it takes to do effectively, what this actually skill set is that is required to actually do all those things and all that. So, um, so maybe if you have a, like, if we can talk about that for a second, as far as like, like you said, like come to us and we do this a lot where it's like, we'll, we'll leverage what internal skill sets and assets you have to be as effective as possible. But also I know some of our, our points of contact when they are doing it are like a little overwhelmed because they're like, well, yeah, I have this. And you know, they think it should only take me like 30 minutes a day or something, but it, you know, it right. takes me you know, an hour or two hours or whatever it is. And it's not because that they're slow. It's just because it takes, it takes a fair amount of time sometimes depending on what they're doing. Right. So what are, what are your thoughts on, on that as far as who's doing it, how, like, you know, like you have business owners that are doing it and there's positives to that. Like we encourage a lot of our clients to be active in doing it. So like share some of your thoughts on the actual, the actual doing of the work. <laughs> now we have a plan. Yeah. Now the plan is to be doing the work. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I totally get the overwhelm feeling. I, I often feel that way as someone who manages social. Like, it's a lot to be like, I have multiple clients that all need social posting every single week or every day or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so step one is take a deep breath. It's it's going to be okay. And then, you know, once you've kind of calmed yourself down a little bit, try to figure out what works best for you. And what I mean by that is you're seeing people right now on social, you know, all these Instagram coaches or TikTok coaches that are like, you have to post three to five times a day and you got to be replying to comments within five seconds and, da -da, you know, just very unrealistic goals unless you're a full-time social media person. And I don't think that you need to overwhelm yourself with that. I think what you need to do is determine what works for you. So is that one post a day? 
is that three posts a week because that those posts are going to be so much more effective and so much they're just going to provide so much more value because you're going to give it the time and attention that it needs versus trying to pump out a bunch of content now at the same time yes if you can post three to five times a day on every platform good for you go for it i don't know anyone that can do that without going crazy but you know whatever Um, yeah when they also have other work they're doing yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah when you have all this other work you're running a business you're managing employees you're making sure payroll is going through you're making sure invoices getting paid and you know all these different elements and i just can't imagine being a business owner and also being that active on social but the other piece of it is finding opportunities in your day-to-day for social content so perfect example we're recording this podcast right now. Once we're done and it's posted, I'm going to take clips from it to share on social. Okay, we could have three to five social posts easily just from this podcast. So great, cool. There's three to five pieces of content. Okay, now let's repurpose it into a blog. All right, now we have some text that we can pull and we can pull quotes and we can do all these things. So I think it's about you know figuring out what works in your day-to-day. And sometimes that looks like it feels weird, but record yourself working. I know it's weird. I know it feels uncomfortable, but that's great footage for an Instagram reel with some text overlaid on it. Like it's so easy. You're already working. You're already doing it. And then yes, there's going to be some time put into editing that together, finding a good sound to go with it, you know, crafting the text that's overlaid, also crafting a caption or, you know, things like that. But The more you do it, the easier it gets as well. And then the really cool thing about video content, in my opinion, is every, I don't know, two to three months, you can just repost the exact same thing. And it still performs well. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't perform as well as it did initially, but it still gets the job done and you're still providing value. And especially if you're on a platform like TikTok, where your content is being shown to new people literally every day you're not just showing to your followers yeah you need to be resharing old content you know something we say internally is if you aren't sick of saying it you haven't said it enough and i think that is very true on social as well you know keep introducing yourself and your business and what you do um and yeah utilize the content that you've already created whether that's filming a podcast or writing a blog post or just recording yourself working or anything like that yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, 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 it tailors in when we talk about, like you referenced the strategy video that Trish and I were doing, it tailors into that overall large marketing strategy because it's like when you have this strategy and you start to identify the different channels and you identify the different tactics that are effective in that, and then you understand the customer, it's you start creating the value that resonates with that customer. And then you can start to segment that and make sure that it's being effectively and efficiently distributed to all these different channels so that you're showing up in search so that those, this, you know, is being sent out in an email campaign that it's being posted to social. And so you're literally, you know, that's like the core strategy. That's why so many people are like the things they're doing is like they have all these tactics and they're running around, but they're not super effective and efficient because they don't have that overarching strategy that brings them all together and make, makes them super effective and efficient. And I, so uh, yeah, I, it, it kills me, but it also le- lights me on fire when we 
help businesses and I start seeing the impact of those things all coming together. Like, is it, is it Hannibal from the A-Team? I love it when a plan comes together. Let's say that's, I'm aging myself here, but so (laughs) with, uh, Let's let's dive into paid social a little bit because it's a huge topic just in, a, in and of itself because there's so many different A platforms. There's so many different ad types. There's so many different strategies on how to use paid from, from remarketing on social to creating video ads and then using the, you know, using those video ads to create custom audiences and like just there's so many different things. And this is something you do every day. So Let's talk a little bit about paid social, how businesses, you know, can use, you know, different ads, different ad platforms to, to be effective in their overall marketing strategy. Yeah. So I think that Facebook is a great place to start, no matter who your audience is, because in case you didn't know, Meta, who owns Facebook, also owns Instagram, which is a different demographic than who's on Facebook. So you get a lot of targeting options. You get a lot of data to work with. And what I've seen is running a small campaign, a small paid campaign on Facebook, for example, just provides a lot of data for you to look at and go, okay, females age 26 to 32 in the Pacific Northwest are who is interacting with my content on Facebook. Okay, now I'm going to create a campaign that's targeting just those users. And then, you know, my graphics and my content, my text, my messaging, my call to action, everything that I do is tailored to that one specific audience so that when they see that ad, they're like, oh, they're talking to me, like me as an individual, not just me as a user on Facebook. Then you can take that and apply that strategy to Instagram and apply that strategy to TikTok or LinkedIn or Twitter or Snapchat or you know all the different platforms wherever you think your audience might be and then use that data to your advantage and you know continually do that to learn more about your audience and what they're engaging with. Um, you know, you mentioned running a video campaign and remarketing to those people. I think that is a great strategy. So basically a high level overview is you run a campaign targeting a pretty general audience, but you want it to be specific for your client, obviously. And you use a video ad for that and then run that for however long you want. But I would recommend about 30 days, 15 to 30 days, depending on the size of the audience and all that kind of little caveats. And then from there, you can create audiences of people who viewed 25% of the video or 50% or 75% or even 100% and then have campaigns targeted to each of those segments to get them to keep going through the customer journey and keep learning more about your company or your product or whatever it is. So yeah, I think social is a great way to just learn about your audience, if nothing else. Like, Even if you do not get a single lead or conversion, whatever that looks like for your business, from a social paid campaign, you're still going to gain so much value in terms of who your audience actually is and how they're interacting with your content, and potentially other content as well, because if you know they're not interacting with this specific type of video, but you know your competitor has been posting this other type of video and they seem to be performing well, all right, well, we're gonna borrow that strategy and use that video type, you know, please do not steal anybody's videos or anything like that. 
make your own all original content and then, you know, run a campaign with that. Oh, that performs better. Okay. Well, now, you know, on the organic side, that's probably also true. So now you can create more of that kind of content to build up your organic posting as well. So it's really, I mean, there are no downsides to paid in my opinion and paid social is relatively cheap compared to search ads or LinkedIn is the only one that tends to be more expensive, but that's a whole other thing. What, what I love about, well, there's a couple different nuances to this, but what I love about the video strategy, and I, I think of this like less, much less expensive, much more targeted TV advertising, right? Right. Like, when, when you used to pay tons of money to be TV and, and I hear ads from places that are like way out the area and it's not super targeted. They're getting better, but it's still not super targeted. And yeah. back way back when it was horribly not targeted well. Right. Yeah. And so now you can show this, this, this TV ad, you can show this video ad into a very targeted audience by location, by demographic and age and education and income level and all these different elements. And you can basically because of the algorithm, they want people staying on their platform, right? So they're not going to, when you're running an ad where you're trying to send them to your website or send them off off of their site, they charge you more for that. But for video, they're like, okay, this is something they can consume. And so you're getting that audience, you're, you're gaining that audience and you're branding, but then you're utilizing the audience to come back and say, people who engaged with this for, you know, 50% of the video, you know, let's, let's show them an ad to give them this offer to go back to our website. And you end up doing it probably more effective and, and, and less cost than you would if you just did the, like, Hey, like here's a special offer to this audience. Right. So that's, I love that, that strategy. It takes more work and asset development and all that kind of stuff. But I like to think of the approach of these are media campaigns. So when we're talking about social media, these are media campaigns and there's a whole narrative and there's a story and there's your brand and there's the different messaging. And then you're following it up with offers and you might have events coming up. So you have your whole kind of content calendar slash, you know, PR slash social slash events, everything that's kind of coming up and you're, you're, you're customizing all of this within that. Right. And so like you can promote, there's ad types where you can promote your events and you can have like some of the event functionality on some of these different platforms is pretty crazy. And then if you're selling products, like sometimes you can do in on right on social, they can buy your products as well. So it's, I mean, there's so many different ad types that I think just blow me away. You can, you can not even send them to your website, just have them fill out a form though. I'd say we've probably seen mixed results with that where it's like you get a lot of leads, but they're kind of low quality is, is, Mm -hmm was one of our tests and we got better quality. We got less leads, but way better quality through the other approach where they're actually going to the website. So that was interesting, but not that that's always going to be the case, right? You got to kind of test that. But what about, so like, I think remarketing is, so we we do, it's tough because we do remarketing and with Google it's, it's, it's free, right? Until they click on your ad, it's, it's free. And we love that. And we tell our clients like, Hey, if you have a high value, you know, product service purchase and, you know, like you want to use remarketing on Google because you're basically getting free advertising and branding. And if they click on your ad, there's someone who already visited your website 
for those people who don't may, may not know remarketing, remarketing is someone who's maybe visited your website and now you're able to show them a, an, an ad when they visit on a certain social platform or on a certain site. So whether it's a site where Google has their ad platform on there, then these ads show up for them, right? And I think that's super effective on social because today the average consumer is looking at 14 sources prior to making a purchase. So if I go on and I look at, and I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking about renting an RV and doing a cross country trip. And I'm looking and researching all these different sources and I land on your site. Well, and I'm still doing my research because this is like something that's like six months down the road. But then I see your ad, you know, on social media and I start engaging with your page there and I'm like, oh, they have this whole community of people who are so like tell 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 the audience a little bit more about like how they can use remarketing, what that actually is, and how that can be kind of like integrated in their campaign. Yeah. So the kind of base level remarketing is like you said, just people who visited your website. So that that can be a very wide audience, depending on how much traffic your website gets. But then you could also remarket to previous purchasers, people who made a purchase in the last year, in the last two years, in the last three months, or you know whatever time frame you want to give that. And then, I mean, you can really go as far as, let's say you're selling a physical product, you can remarket to people who abandoned cart, and you can remarket to people who added it to their cart, but never went any further than that. Didn't explore your website any further. Like you can get so granular and that's so awesome because you can meet your customer, potential customer at that point, exactly where they're at. You're like, Hey, saw you looking at that pair of jeans, but you didn't purchase them. Like here's 20% off. Is that going to help you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that approach. And then I think the other piece of remarketing that is really great is you can actually create similar audiences to your remarketing audience. So you can say, hey, Facebook, we'll say, because that's kind of the main one. Hey, Facebook, here's this list of people who visited my website. Go find people who look similar to this audience. So they actually have not yet visited my website, but they look like the people who do visit my website or the people who made a purchase or called me or whatever. And that is doing is helping you expand beyond your existing customer reach and helping you find new customers and new potential relationships and, and all that good stuff. So there's really a lot that can be done with remarketing on yeah. social, on search, everywhere. But and by look, for those who may not understand, you're not you're you're referencing data who look similar yeah. from a, a data standpoint. That might be like if you were if your audience skews 80% male and ages, you know, 30 to 45 with median income who tend to like sports bars and, you know, UFC. And basically you're, it's, you're creating a demographic slash psychographic profile. Like your audience has all these data points on their interests and affinities and demographic information and all that. And then they're saying, Hey, we basically can look at people very similar to this over here and kind of bring them into your group, which, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I hadn't thought about that or I hadn't thought about that in this conversation yet. And I, I think that that's such a great way to expand your audience. And that's one of the reasons why we try to get clients to install that remarketing pixel right out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. start building this audience. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's a great point too, like making sure that the code is set up correctly and you're actually gathering that data because if you're not gathering that data, you can't use that data. So making sure Google Analytics is set up and then making sure that you have the Facebook pixel and the TikTok pixel and the Snapchat pixel and the, you know, all the places. All the pixels. Um, highly recommend using Google Tag Manager to manage all yeah. that if you don't already. So we'll yeah, 100%. So a lot of our clients don't have either the internal staff or they don't have the time, like you mentioned before, or the skills sometimes. So like it can't, it, it can't always be done internally, right? Like what is, what are some of the, I guess, for those businesses? And, I, and I'm thinking of a lot of businesses right now where it's like, they attempt to do it and they're like, oh yeah, well we posted for a while and then we didn't really do it. I know this is the thing I love is <laughs> like, yeah, we did it for a little while and it didn't work. And it's like, okay. It's kind of like saying you, you did snowboarding for a little while and it didn't work. That doesn't necessarily mean snowboarding doesn't work. Cause right, I see a right. lot of people snowboarding down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and that's a common thing, right? It's like, oh, I, you know, uh, I tried it and it didn't work. And yeah. and so for those people and like, what are some reasons why I guess businesses don't do it internally? And then what are options for them to to be able to do it in a way that's effective, that actually gives them an, a chance to be successful at engaging with building relationships and building their audience and growing their business through social media. Mm -hmm. So the biggest benefit obviously is going to be the time. You don't have to put in that time if you hire someone to manage that for you. But the other piece is, you know, are you going to go to, if you want a really great skin fade haircut, are you going to go to the barber that's been there for, a hundred years and his family owned and blah, blah, blah. Or are you going to like go to Joe Blow who's sitting on the corner and says that he's giving away free haircuts? You're going to go to the specialist. You're going to go to the barber. You, you want, you want top notch. Well, same thing for social. You want someone who is passionate about social media. They understand the trends, the algorithm, the strategies needed to be successful. And then it's their job to get to know you as business and adapt all of those different tactics to your business and to you as a person. And so I really think that the, the most successful social strategies that we've seen, whether we are fully managing things or we're just supporting, whatever that looks like, collaboration is the biggest thing. So having specialists that you can collaborate with, and I mean, this is something we believe at Web4 with everything. That's why we have PPC specialists and content specialists and, you know, all the different areas. And so, yeah, it's the same for social. And I think even within social, there's specialists for, you know, writing captions and doing hashtag strategy and graphic design and all these things. So you could get really, really granular if you really wanted to. But like with us, for example, we have a team of people who can contribute to each different aspect if we're managing the whole social process coming up with the strategy and then having one of our content writers help us craft really great, really great captions. That was a mouthful for some reason. Um, and then, you know, working with our designers to make sure that all of our graphics are up to par and things like that. So, so working with specialists is just going to give you the better outcome. 
just naturally. I think, you know, the barber analogy makes the most sense there. And I think the, the biggest piece is collaboration. I think that's really what it comes down to because the fact is you cannot just hire someone and be like, go do my social media for me and not have any input. Like that's not going to work. It's not going to be successful because it's not authentic. It's not really you. It's not your voice, your message, your goals. It's someone else. And maybe that works really well for them on their social profiles, but that's not going to be the same for you because all of our strategies have to be unique. All of our approaches have to be unique. There's going to be commonalities, of course. So yeah, being collaborative with the agency or the specialist or whoever it is that you go with and providing insight on your brand voice and the kind of profile that you want to have. And like one thing that we often will ask clients is how do you want people to feel when they look at your Instagram page? And I think people are often caught off guard. Like, what do you mean? It's just an Instagram page. It's like, no, this is you. So how do you want people to feel when they look at you? And then, you know, then we start to uncover like, well, I want them to feel welcomed and I want them to feel like they're getting value and they're being educated and all these things. And then it's like, okay, cool. We can work with that. So yeah, collaboration is huge. And then having a way to measure really everything in a perfect world, you can measure every single data point ever that exists. And that would make me very happy, but that is not the world we live in. So measuring as much as you can. So, you know, utilizing tracking links or UTM codes, utilizing custom Google Analytics reports to pull in, for example, Linktree is a service that we often use so that we can have more than one link in the bio. Well, it's one link in the bio that leads to a page with more links, which seems like a lot of steps, but that traffic will get categorized as referral traffic from Linktree as opposed to referral traffic from Instagram or from social. So you have to you know, tweak the report a little bit to reflect that better and understanding what that data all means. Like if someone goes to my website from Instagram and they don't convert, that's not necessarily a problem with the Instagram profile or the Instagram post is your website set up for conversion is, you know, like is tracking actually in place for that conversion? Make sure, you know, that's kind of number one, make sure it's actually being tracked for starters. And then, you know, continuing the conversation with the agency or the specialist, whoever you're working with of, okay, these are the goals that we initially set. We've made X, Y, Z progress towards that. We should be reevaluating and shifting our, not shifting our whole entire strategy necessarily, but you know, being adaptable month to month or week to week or sometimes day to day, just depends, yeah. and, and adapting based on the data that we're getting. Because while I can sit here and be like, a video remarketing campaign is a brilliant idea for any business, I could have someone come to me tomorrow and I tell them that and we implement that. And I realize, yeah, no one's interacting with that for whatever reason. You know, every industry, every business, every network is different. So being adaptable, I think is really important as well. Yeah. I'm using, using best practices and then learning from the data and adjusting until you continually optimize it to have top performance. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up measurement because it's such a huge 
thing for us at Web4. We we have a lot of sayings, and one of them is what, what gets measured gets managed, right? And so we want to make sure that we are within reason as far as scale of campaign and cost and all that kind of stuff, that we're measuring as much as possible. And so all the things you talked about as far as measuring social, I think the only thing that I would add is that in certain campaigns, when it makes sense, you can use call tracking numbers. You can use call tracking on some of your social profiles. You can use call tracking in in your actual ads. I, I remember <laughs> we had a client that we were working with for a while and they signed up for this radio campaign and they spent $15,000 on this radio campaign and it was already running. And then they, they told us about it in the meeting. And I said, in the future... You, you need to talk to us before you go doing something like this, because I was like, how are you going to know if it's effective? What measurements are in place? They didn't, there was no custom URL that was like a page to go to that would like tell them there was no call tracking that would be like, oh, this person called it. And understanding that there's multiple goals from a radio campaign, there's branding, there's, you know, but you also want to drive conversions and you might see a spike in organic traffic. So you can kind of maybe associate that with that mm-hmm. TV campaign or that radio campaign or that social, whatever it may be, like social is going to be a lot more trackable than radio and TV. But when you can use that call tracking number, not only do you track how many calls came from it, but depending on the tools you're using, like we use certain tools to understand the sentiment, to actually transcribe the calls, to you know, you understand the length of the call. Like if it was a 10 second call, it's probably not a good call. But if you're, if you're like, Hey, we were getting on average a minute and a half phone calls, you know, depending on your business that may or may not be like a great potential call. And you can look back at the transcript and say, Hey, this person was so-and-so who's now a client, you know, from it. So closing that attribution gap is so important as part of what we do and social media. So I'm really glad you brought that up because the UTM codes, all the things you talked about are super valuable. Any other tips or tricks? I, I feel like we've, we've shared a ton of information, a lot of value, and I hope people are finding this valuable and it's helpful for them. Any other, I guess, final thoughts or, or tips for people that are out there? I think if you are a business or just an individual who needs to do your social internally right now due to resources or, or whatever the case may be. I think the biggest piece of advice I could give you is to just do it, which is a little counterintuitive to everything that I just said in this entire podcast of making sure you have a strategy and all that yep. stuff. That's super important. But if you are a business just starting out and you just need to have a presence on social and you're you know nervous about getting in front of the camera, you're nervous about sharing something that feels vulnerable, you're nervous about what people are going to say or think or whatever, honestly, my best piece of advice is to just do it. Just start posting and just see what happens. Like worst case scenario, no one interacts with it and you stop and hire someone that is a lot better at it, you know, like whatever the case may be. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's been my motto for the year. For the past few years, I've, I've set a motto for the year and this year I I stole Nike's just do it. (laughs) Nice. Well, I think that's great advice. It's important for a lot of businesses to kind of get out there and test it. And when they do, they start seeing, oh, hey, this worked or this worked. And they start understanding actually the time that 
goes into it. Like they're like, Oh yeah, I had to do that. But then when I uploaded it and I created the draft and I had to add this and they don't realize, Oh, I can add custom music. I mean, all the things it's like, okay, they start to get a little more context of what it actually takes. And then they, then they call us and say, Hey, can you help, you know, help me with it, be more effective. Right. So, um, with that, I want to thank you, Drew. This was super helpful. I really appreciate you taking your time out of the day to share all your valuable knowledge around social and paid social with our clients. And uh, to everyone who's listening, thank you again for tuning in. Make yes. sure you subscribe to our podcast or if you're on YouTube, click the like button. And thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Kevin. Bye. Subscribe to the podcast and be notified when new episodes go live.